Hi, and welcome back to our week of Tuesday Testimony. And today I have my friend Kelly with me. Kelly is from the Midwest, and I met Kelly. Um, well, she'll have to remind me of how we met. It might have been through a podcast, um, but Kelly reached out to me about my um, private Facebook group um, for women of faith and recovery. And I've just so enjoyed getting to know her and I love her story and um, where she is today. And so she's going to tell us a little bit more about her journey. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you, Sherry. Nice to be here. Great to have you. Um, so I um, started to have a real unhealthy relationship with alcohol after um, having my daughter. Um, I had worked full time, and so that was a big adjustment, although I felt like I was completely ready. Um, I think uh, I have always had an unhealthy relationship with alcohol and kind of low self-esteem. And so when I stopped working, I think that made that even worse. And, um, you know, not having to be accountable for a job, it just, you know, started at five o'clock. And um, now I was always a good mom, but not, not present. And um, when I say I was a good mom, I was functioning, but, you know, once right. my daughter went to bed, I stayed up late and drank wine and, you know, it just became mm-hmm. a really, really bad thing. And, um, How many years ago was that? Uh, like 15 years okay. ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and I grew up with an alcoholic mom and, um, there's it runs in the family and so you know that's been always a big part of gatherings and Mm -hmm. but I knew the shame I felt I knew that this wasn't you know a normal relationship with alcohol right and and it ate away at me every day um the shame and the starting over and you know yeah. just yeah this it, it was bad Do you and I hit that... I go ahead go ahead go I was ahead. gonna say I kind of hit it like from my husband um you know it wasn't like he didn't know I drank a lot or anything like that but I was you know masking how bad it was by you know I know people say you know, when you want to, we can be really tricky and how we cover that up. And right. so I, I got good at that. And um, yeah. Isn't it funny how you hear later how all these tricks, you know, the tricks of the trade of being an alcoholic, wife, mother, whatever, that you thought you were the original? Like, yes. I was probably yes. the only one that did that. And every time I hear something, I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't start that trend. I, I thought I was the only one, but it was amazing to me how many, um, how many of the things I could relate to, like pouring a glass of wine before your husband came home and then acting like it was your first one, you know, or pouring one for him at the same time, you know, all those 
little idiosyncrasies, I guess, of, you know, things we did that we were fooling people, but we weren't fooling ourselves. So there's that. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, so you're aware for quite a few years that alcohol is an issue and you're aware of family problems that you kind of know where you're going is, is the feeling that I'm getting. Yeah. I mean, like I said, when I was even like, when I tried drinking in high school, like it wasn't like I, you know, I didn't have a healthy relationship. I knew that. Um, but at the time, like that's all, that's kind of what your friends do. But I knew in the back of my mind, like, this is my family. This is me. I'm, you know, like I had that gut feeling like, Mm -hmm. this isn't good for me. Like, I'm not good with this. I don't have control. Um, but I feel like that escalated in, in having a child, which, you know, if I could, I wish I could go back and do it all over again, but I can't. And that's, you know, that just, that just the worthless feelings. I think that's a common thread um, in women that, mm-hmm. or people that drink too much. It's just that there's pain under there. And, uh, and then that feeling of worthlessness just took over. And I don't know. It was a lo- very lonely place for me. Mm-hmm. Well, lonely in the, you know, alcoholism, especially in women. Um, I feel like we do, we put as much energy into hiding it as we do drinking it. And the isolation and the shame that comes with it just makes you want to bury it further and expose it to no one. So in general, I feel like um, actively drinking and knowing it's affecting everything in your life is probably one of the loneliest places to be. At least when, if I was, if I was asked to define the word lonely, that would be it. Yeah. You know, so you, you know, the isolation, the shame and put on top of that, that, um, you're a Christian and you feel like, um, you should have double shame on top of it. And then family, the family dynamic, you know, better, you know, Mm -hmm. but there's some little voice inside us that says, you know, you might be different. You might be able, you might be different from them, but you know, we'll see where it goes. But anyway, so yeah. So you're becoming aware that your drinking is a real problem. And it sounds to me like through your drinking quote unquote career, you had that in the back of your head. Like this isn't going to end well. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, I had a couple uh, family members who do not have, you know, issues with it. I'd say like have to, and, you know, had the courage to say something, which of course you get defensive. And I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was probably a couple years before I hit my rock bottom where I, I really started going like in my mind, okay, this is becoming, I know it's a problem, but now other people are noticing and they're saying things about, you know, think of your daughter and that's when something started shifting in me that, um, I mean, that's such an obvious thing, Mm -hmm. 
that you would think you you could do that for them, but it's not that simple. And it's a powerful disease. And, you know, I had been, I grew up with that. So that's the last thing I would have wanted to do is put my child through what I went through. Right. Um, and it began to, you know, someone taking the courage to say something to me, which was hard for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it began the wheels turning slowly and me accepting that, that I have to, to do something. Like I can't keep hoping it'll go away and praying it'll go away and mm-hmm. praying going to church and thinking, you know, hear my prayers, please. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, in the praying through it, you know, we didn't, we thought the solution, I mean, I prayed the same thing and I hear that of another common thread. We just want it to go away. Yes. We yes. want to, you know, we can't, we want to go back or, you know, we want to, you know, be a responsible drinker, but we want to do anything, but draw the line in the sand that says, this is going to be an issue the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Whether I, whether I quit or whether I quit, I remember having that thought whether I quit drinking or not, alcohol is going to be an issue in my life. So, you know, there's that, but, um, yeah. So where are you in your faith in all this? I mean, what felt, what were you feeling as far as, um, you know, going to church and, you know, praying to God for it and, you know, for it to go away. Um, do you feel like you were leaning on your faith at the time? You know, given that state of loneliness, I felt when I would go to church, I felt, um, I felt like I was connected and my faith and it provided comfort to me. And, um, it, it just gave me, um, hope, but I also sat there feeling guilty and a lot of different emotions. Like you're, you're such a hypocrite and um, just enough already, you know, like, why can't, why can't I get, figure this out? Like, you know, you're, you're such a good person in every area of your life, but this, like, you know. Right. um, Right. um, But church was, it, it, like I said, in those two years, you know, I was attending church more regularly and I would go, you know, sometimes by myself um, because I, I just, that was kind of anchoring me in a way, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it was just like God's plan is like, you know, it was just a slow, like, uh, transition into what became my final, you know, message from him mm-hmm. about yeah. you know what what to do <laughs> right right so as it escalates let's you know so you stay stuck for a period of time um and like with any drinking problem there starts to be some serious repercussions that make you head in the direction of you know i'm this needs to stop. What am I going to do? You know? So, um, tell me what the, you know, those, those months were leading up to the day where you said I'm done. Um, geez, it's 
so strange that it's hard to, yeah, you know, um, I just know like one, um, let's see, like we had a gathering and I, you know, was ner- I just like a nervous drinker, like the entertainer, the perfectionist, like had, uh, people over and I, you know, slipped on a rug and, you know, it's like that could happen to anybody, but I was like, I know, you know, my daughter saw me slip and I immediately was like, you know, it's because I drank, you know, and I just, everything was so like centered around it for me. And I felt like I just blew every occasion, you know, oh, there she is again. You know, why can't you just show up and be, you know, and, you know, people just kind of started declining like invitations and like, you know, yeah, yeah, it's really not that fun to watch you, you know. Um, So I just was like getting, getting signals and looking in the mirror and just going, I don't even recognize myself. Like, you know, the weight gain, the bloat, the, um, it, and the loneliness and the isolation and then my child and, you know, like thinking about it in the morning and going, what did she witness? And, you know, that, that just continual waking up, feeling so horrible, praying that to God to give you the strength not to do it again, please just, you know, hear my prayer. And it's like, you know, day after day after day. And then I had my, my absolute rock bottom on Mother's Day two years ago. Okay. I always say we, we, we like to pick holidays. Mine was Christmas, you know, it's like, really we do. We pick, we pick monumental memorial moments that will always be on the calendar. But um, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's the pressure's higher on holidays. I don't know. But um, that usually does seem for a lot of people that it gets out of control. So Mother's Day two years ago, right? Right. Uh-huh. Okay. So walk us through that day. Um, so I, you know, we were hosting uh, a brunch at our home for my in-laws. And um, so the perfectionist in me was like having to get everything just perfect and, you know, made too much food and cleaning and, you know, and I, you know, I just, the insecurity in me, I started, you know, pouring the champagne mimosas, but for me, it was like mostly champagne and a splash of orange juice and yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And everything was beautiful. It was it was really nice brunch and everything. And then, uh, you know, clean the house and, um, you know, uh, then we went on to, uh, my sister's house. So she was hosting, uh, another, like a dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just got, I got kind of emotional cause you know, my mom was, you know, I knew it would be possibly one of, one of the last mother's days with her because it was getting older mm-hmm. and um, just, just seeing everybody, you know, I just kept having wine. And before I knew it, like I was just bombed and, 
I just remember going to the car and my daughter just looking at me like with just disgust and Mm -hmm. uh, you know I just it was horrible for me like you know it was painful. just painful. Like, and and I feel like it, it was looking back. It was just so symbolic. Like the day that I did that, you know, because because it was a passed down thing. Like my mom passed it down to me, and mm-hmm. I w- would be potentially passing passing that down to my daughter. And you know, there's symbolism there, and I feel like that day happened that day for a reason like Mm -hmm. on that day yeah it's so so painful I mean it's painful in the moment but it's it's there's some of those things that um I don't think they ever get any easier to think about you know and um but they do get easier to deal with and I feel like the pain sometimes of our past is a good reminder I mean, some of that keeps me sober every single day, you know? Um, and yeah. So in, I like the symbolism that you're talking about because you do want better for your daughter. We all want better for our kids. You know, I, I say often I will do anything to keep my kids, you know, from doing what I did and in that path. Yeah. Yeah. But there's not a whole lot we can, I mean, we can, we can show them, we can, we, they can see, you know, the difference in our lives and everything, but ultimately just like with us, the choice was up to us, you know? Right. So, yeah. So you, did you, so was it like a decision that you made that day or was that it? Or so how'd that, how no, that I mean, I felt, you know, horrible, like so hung over the next day and you know, my husband should have been disgusted with me, but he wasn't. And, um, you know, I didn't drink for a couple of days and, um, you know, I, in my mind, I was like, I, you know, I, I, I have to be done. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, all along I had, had started, like I had kind of told you that two year, like starting to slowly the wheels are turning Mm-hmm. So like about a year before I actually quit, I started walking and listening to podcasts and reading books because I, I was, you know, like slowly preparing myself for what I knew I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there's a, there's a new phrase that we hear often, sober curious. And I feel like that kind of mm-hmm. describes where you were. Cause I mean, I exactly. went through it. I listened to and read everything I could get my hands on and I knew there wasn't going to be an aha moment in any of that where I was told that I'm not an alcoholic. I was way past that, uh-huh. but I did want, I wanted to just find out how other people did this, how other women did this, you know? Right. So, yeah. So I get that. So you're, you're, you're actually, you're, you're trying to educate yourself. Right. And, you know, it was amazing to me also finding out like, this is, you are not unique. This is happening everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I found that helpful to me. Like, you know, the shame is still enormous, but, um, so 
I had been, like I said, doing all of that. And then um, I went on a little weekend with my sister, one of my sisters, who also, you know, should um, give up drinking. But um, this was my my deal. And, you know, I kind of spilled my guts to her about, you know, just how bad things have gotten and how low I was and lonely and just that I felt so alone within my family and um, ashamed and um, just that I felt that things just had to change. And, and then the next morning, um, I, our church had just started this where you could listen to it online. Uh-huh. And normally my reception at the cottage is horrible. And I happened to just hit my phone and the service was starting. And I was like, that is so weird. Like I never, I have to, you know, it just doesn't work that way. It was just right. there. It was on the service had started and um, my sister and I sat down at the table and we we're listening to the service. And <clears throat> it was, you know, what is your next step? What will your next step be? Um, will you, will you trust in me? Will you have faith in me? Will you, you know, um, will you trust me? And I felt this enormous, like the Holy Spirit is with me right now. Mm -hmm. You know, he's heard me all this time. He's been hearing me waiting for me to trust in him, fully trust in him. And take that next step. Mm-hmm. And I looked at my sister. I said, he's talking to me right now. He he hears me and he's telling, he's talking to me through Pastor Guy. And um, I absolutely had no, no doubt in my mind that this was my choice right there. And then what I wanted to do with his love and, uh-oh. And that was it for me that day. I, I said, that's it. I'm not drinking. Wow. That was, first of all, I have tears and chills listening to that because unless you've been in one of those moments, it's really hard to describe the magnitude of it. You know, Mm -hmm. you feel, you feel convicted, but at the same, you know, and conviction can be hard and it can be harsh, but at the same time, you feel like, at least I did. And I'm hearing that in you that you feel rescued. Yeah. Like, you know, someone's coming to save me and it's not just someone it's, it's God. Yeah. And through this pastor and through, you know, him making sure I could hear this today, this was for me. And to get that, um, is something you really, really don't dare, dare turn your back on either. You know, right. it's like, you know, that this is your moment. Mm-hmm. This is it. And sitting there with your sister, I imagine you're emotional. Um, and, um, what was, what was her reaction to, because did you say it out loud then? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I said, I think, you know, we should both quit and you know, that didn't work for her. Mm -hmm. She was, she was on board for about three hours right? Um, she's like well you don't mind if I have a beer I'm like no but but I'm not going to no so obviously that message was meant just for you yeah 
And it wasn't her um, time. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So you chose that to drink that day mm-hmm. and the next day. And how, you know, in that moment, being that it was, it was such a God moment, you know, that, that God, you know, that you just really felt his presence and mm-hmm. his authority to, you know, to lead you into this. What did you do? What I always say that, you know, God gives us different tools, you know, to you. So what became your tools? What became your, your, your new way of life and in, in coping with, um, recovery? It was, uh, you know, my commitment that day was my, in the, always the forefront, you know, of my mind, like you're, you're going, you're going to do this and, um, trying to just keep, keep thinking about that. And it felt a sense of peace. Like this time it is different. I have no doubt. And changing how I did things within my daily routine. Um, my husband still drinks. And so that never went away. And that <clears throat> initially was very, very, very hard because that was our rituals were together. Right. Um, breaking those rituals for myself. I, I just would, you know, take a walk or, you know, um, read or a lot of reading about, about it. And, um, and, uh, taking a lot of self-care podcast, just kind of doing the opposite of what I would have done helped me. Mm -hmm. Um, like instead of destroying yourself, actually go do something good for yourself. Um, right. You know, I tried to think in those terms, like, um, nurture myself and um, be good that's to great, myself. That's a great way to look at it. And instead of spending happy hour, you know, that time that would normally be happy hour, or happy hours, as was the case, um, right. to turn it around and say, I'm going to do something good for my body. I'm going to do something good for my mind, or I'm going to do, I'm just going to do something that nourishes me. I, I like that, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people might say, well, I'm not a walker. I'm not a reader. And it's like, how do you know? Because you spent a lot of years not being anything but a drinker. You know, right. I heard mm-hmm. it. I heard a tip once because it, it said a lot that um, when we start drinking, we stop maturing, we stop growing. Yep. And um, one of the things that I kind of took away from that is, well, if I go back in maturity, years who knows who knows how young I was but finding some of those joys that were simplistic in your childhood are um are lifesavers when it comes right. to using time like for me reading I know you and I've talked about that we both share a love of reading and mm-hmm. I was a huge reader as a kid and I also loved riding my bike as a kid and that's one of my passions now so mm-hmm. you know tapping into some of those things that brought you joy before in life, you know, they can, they can be resurrected and used again and probably enjoy them even more. Cause I think I enjoyed them even more than when I was younger. So definitely. Anyway, yeah. So yeah. So, um, the growth path, the last two years, um, 
do you feel, do you feel like, just, I guess I want to say, you know, describe your faith and how it progressed or how you leaned on God through this in those hard times and where it brought you to today. Well, I've been through, you know, um, some very trying times initially, uh, it was probably a month after I quit drinking. There was a big family trip with my husband's family and, you know, they're all fine with their drinking, but it was, it was, you know, celebration. So everyone was drinking and that was really, really, really hard. Um, and you know, I, I debated whether going or not, but I leaned a lot on my faith, you know, just going, this is, this is very hard. And I know this is right, but uncomfortable. And I just, you know, I just kept thinking to myself, this is what he wants me to do. And this is what I've always wanted. So um, I just kept praying about it just for his guidance and to keep me calm and, Mm -hmm. It was hard, but, and then, you know, I lost my mom, um, last year in March. And, um, so that was only a year into it, um, just less than a, a year sober. And, um, that was one of those times too, where things were really, really difficult within the family. You know, when, mm-hmm. when your mother's passing, everybody's panicking and having lots of emotions and it was it wasn't good and um we were doing the hospice care for her and my you know some of my sisters were drinking and I I felt his presence with me there and then as well and like he's telling me just I was this calm within my family that I know was because of him you know God's presence keeping me calm and giving me clarity to know like just that wasn't your usual role in your family before was it um sort of but not to this extent like Uh it was like everyone was like wanting to be around me right because I had this calm within me and it was my faith for certain but the Mm -hmm. clarity I felt like what I was supposed to do um, was amazing. And I sat, I was sitting with my mom. Our family was not getting along with regarding her care and her, you know, surroundings, you know, and I was like, it's time for me to say goodbye to her and let the others care for her. And that's what my other sisters and I did. And it was, it was so difficult, but I had so much clarity because I, I just was like, I know this is what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, it, a year before that, I would have just been completely like numbed out drinking through that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that just re, that just reinforced my faith, which I had. But it just said, I'm here for you. Like, you are making the right choice by not drinking. 
you're here, you're present, you know what's going on, you have clarity, you'll always remember this yeah. because you can. <laughs> yeah. Um, when my dad died, I we cared for him as well, and I drank. I know I have clarity in some aspects of it, but there again, there's regret. Um, yeah. So, um, I, I was just thinking that I just was curious. Um, so when mother's day rolled around the first, it was, I know the dates are always different, but was your mom, had your mom passed before mother's day? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the next mother's day that you went through a, you were sober about a year and B you had to do it without your mom. And I can't help but think, you know, how you, going back to earlier in our conversation about um, the the symbolism of Mother's Day. Yeah. And God, I mean, God in all his wisdom, he knew what you had to be ready for the next Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And that was to, you know, get through it, you know, having with the fresh pain of just losing your mom and how badly he wanted you to do it sober. And, yeah. you know, wow. And in that, did your mom know before she died what you thought I was? Yeah. So my mom, my mom uh, quit drinking when she was 92. Okay, and, I was so hoping you would share that because to me, that's like so amazing. I, you know, I'm just like, I bring that up a lot when we talk because yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, if anybody hears this, if they, if they don't get anything out of this message, which would be very difficult if you ask me, because there's so much here, but if, if someone is like 80 and saying, it's too late for me to get sober. Well, no, your mother was 92. So, <laughs> yeah. wow. Yeah. She, she also, you know, she went to a, my brother had taken her to a church uh, luncheon thing. And my mom admitted in front of the pastor, I, I have a problem. I drink too much and I tell dirty jokes and I don't want to do either of those things anymore. And he said, well, I think you know what you need to do then. And um, they prayed with her and uh, she quit. And uh, when I saw the change in my mom, that also got those wheels turning. Um, And I would, you know, the gift she gave me those four years she was sober. I mean, my mom was an entirely different person. And that's what told me like, you don't see it in you, but that's how much you have changed. Like, right. And that's what you could have that piece that I see in her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did, I did talk to her um, when she was, obviously she was sober and I explained that I had a problem and she prayed with me and um, she'd asked me about it here and there. And I'd say, it's mm-hmm. not good, mom. I'm still not there. And, she said, well, I just need to keep praying then. And then she did. Yes, she knew I was sober. And we we didn't have any real deep conversations about it. But she had that twinkle in her eye. And, and you know, it was kind of like her looking at me yeah. said it all. You know, she didn't need to say anything. You shared such a, you shared such a gift with each other. I mean, yeah. She shared a gift with you by getting sober those last four years of her life. 
and you gave her a gift before. I mean, she died knowing that you were going to be okay. And that's yeah. huge. You know, as a mom, I can't, whether you're 90 or whether you're 30, 40, it doesn't matter. You just mm-hmm. want, if you know that even though you're going to go to heaven and it, it's going to be amazing and you're not going to mourn leaving your children behind, but to, as a mom, you just want to know that your children are, are is everybody okay? Yeah. And you gave her so much peace in that. I can't even yeah. imagine as, a, you know, we're moms, you know, I think yeah. about what a gift that is. And, you know, the difference is, is look at the gift you're giving your daughter. Yeah. Well, she's much, much younger, you know? So, um, right. yeah. So how are, are, have you been honest with your daughter about like where you are now? Like I quit and doing like different or this is hard or you know how how much do you share with her I you know I I said before I had quit I said I I have a problem and I'm gonna get help for this I'm this is gonna change and I'm so sorry that you know Mm -hmm. uh, and you know I just said I don't know when, but I, I am going to get help for this problem I have. And um, so when I quit, I didn't really say it. I didn't make any kind of announcement. I just I just did it. And I think she heard, you know, like I don't think my husband thought that this was necessary. So she kind of heard some conflicting mm-hmm. things. But um, I just said you know I just want you to know you know how sorry I am and if you know there's ever anything you want to talk about you know I I want to talk to you about it when you want to and you know I if I could go back in time I wish that someone would have talked to me about Mm -hmm. this and this is a possible problem yeah yeah that could could affect you because you know it's in the family and my advice to you would be never ever start you know because right. it doesn't it doesn't add any value to your life and the world is scary enough you know college is scary enough and to be you know in a place where you don't have control like that it's just so dangerous and just don't ever start and um so I just I, I re- reiterate that on occasion and if you want to get any kind of therapy or counseling you know and just show her the strength I have and um and tell her why <laughs> you know yeah that God that gives, gives me strength and look at the changes made mm-hmm and I always say too, those are those are really powerful things that you're speaking into her. But I know that a lot of times our kids don't hear our words, even mm-hmm. though we know they are. And that's with anything, you know, right. that we we try and you know because we have no you know we have no idea what it's like to be them or a teenager or uh, whatever, blah blah blah. But guess what? We do. We know that. Right. And. So all that kind of can, you know, sometimes you, when you start talking, you see like this glaze come over their face, this glazed look of, 
you know, pretending to listen, but right. just with anything, I know. Yeah. We've all seen that. Just like with anything else though, people observe your actions and so do your kids and they observe like your friends or your family and your daughter, this new piece in you. And the best way that we can be um, a living testimony of what Christ has done in our lives is to um, show them what that looks like to, mm-hmm. you know, say this, this is what, this is what Christ looks like. This is what God can do. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, and sometimes instead of saying it, you know, people just have to see it. And I guarantee you that she's watching. Um, I know a lot of people are watching um, and the ones that are hurting or still struggling or, you know, are, are kind of just like thinking, Hmm, how do I get what she has? Well, they all know the answer, but you've got to right. want to do it and you've got to be ready to make that move. And, right. you know, um, so she's, she's hearing and she's seeing. So, um, but that's awesome. Um, do you feel like you still have any triggers today? Um, you know, I have to say sometimes when you see like when the whole um, pandemic started, it was like blasts of, you know, commercials with drinking. And I find that too with the holidays, it's like everything's drinking. Like yeah. you possibly have fun if you don't have a glass of wine in your hand. Right. Um, and, you know, that's kind of a weird trigger to me because I'm like, oh yeah, that's ideal. You know, mm-hmm. that's like, and then I and I go play it forward like well you're not normal so that, yeah <laughs> that wouldn't look like that in your world like right I always yeah. look at those commercials too and think you didn't look like that when you were drinking because <laughs> you were usually you know being embarrassingly loud or um the poor the victim of the evening that I snared to hear my sob stories and cry to them for, you know, an hour. It's like, I did not look like the girl on the commercial with a pretty wine glass in her hand, you know? Yeah. And I always would, you know, like I said, you know, you just said, play the tape forward. One of my favorite expressions, because it does work. I play the tape forward and go, yeah. So one glass wouldn't do it anyway. I'd be the one <laughs> in the kitchen. I'd be the one in the kitchen behind the door, quit guzzling any open wine bottle I could find or vodka, whatever. So no, I don't, you know, so it's kind of like, you do see that and you do think, oh, you feel like you might be missing out. Yeah. But you're not missing out on anything because that's not what worked. So right. um, the world of normal drinking to someone like me and, and you is just, I'm baffled by it. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, I guess people really do like the taste and people really can just have one. And, right. you know, that's just, that's like me trying to, um, you know, speak Chinese to someone right now. Like that's how foreign it is to me. So you can't, you can't change that about you, but it's good that you recognize it. So, um, but okay. And then I always like to end with the last big question of, um, if, what would you tell somebody that's, um, in that struggle, that conundrum of, I know I need to quit, but I just, don't know what to do or you know if I knew then what I know now what would you want to speak into that into that woman well I feel like everything is the fear of the unknown you know what will my life look like 
without alcohol? How could I possibly, you know, function without it? And nothing's going to be fun anymore. Those were all things that kept me like, I can't, I'm not that person. Mm -hmm. And if I could go back in time, you know, like, I wish I would have just trusted when I would hear podcasts and people say, trust me when I tell you life without alcohol is so much better. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's real. That truly is. And you've got to do some hard work, but trust me that it's worth it. And when people, when you see people who are shining, it's not, you know, it's because they're not drinking anymore and Mm -hmm. they have inner peace. And, um, you know, I, I, I would hear those words and I'd be like, yeah, right. But yeah, I'm here to say it's so true and just start, just do it. Don't, Mm -hmm. don't think about all the reasons why you can't just like, just do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that, like, instead of thinking all the reasons that you can't, think about all the reasons that you can and what you have to gain. And it's it's so hard to see that in the moment. I totally agree, but you just um, said something that triggered a little thought. I mean, you said, you know, um, you can't imagine life without having alcohol in it, but can you imagine what your life looked like? would look is going to look like if you continue to have alcohol in it right and so it's on the walls you know yeah like it's almost better to face the unknown of what what is this going to look like the that has to be better than drinking life because drinking life is drama shame lies you know darkness darkness isolation you name it you know, there's, there's nothing, there was nothing fun about our drinking in the end. And, um, drinking for someone like me was fun for a while until it wasn't, you know? Yeah. And, um, but I am just grateful again to have found someone else walking through recovery with their faith as their biggest tool. And, um, really has yes it's I love the people that I've you know but mostly women that I've met in this journey you know I used to think I was gonna have I wasn't gonna have any friends if I quit drinking and Mm -hmm. you know God did weed a few of them out and that's okay and um it wasn't as painful as what I thought it would be as you kind of get to a new headspace and maturity wise as far as what your friendships look like you know, on the other, you find out who your real friends are, which is sad, but true. But, um, on the same hand, I didn't expect to make more, you know, um, it's been, yeah, like the group that we have, it's just been so rewarding and, um, it, having a safe space to be able to, you know, talk about that. But anyway, yeah. well, Kelly, I so appreciate you sharing your story today. It, it, means the world to me. And I, I mean, I thought I knew most of your story, but I, you know, I heard a few new things and, um, I know that you doing this, it takes courage, but it's also, I feel like it's part of what we're called to do on the other side of this, because we, at, I mean, I know that you relate to this. We kind of have this, um, this frant. I have this frantic urge to just make sure sh- I don't want anybody else to stay in that spot because it's so awful. I know. And 
if you could, you know, like your, your advice, like just do it, you know, just, just do it because it is better. It is so much better. And mm -hmm. we just can't get that point across enough. So, but anyway, well, thanks. Did you have anything else you wanted to add before we say goodbye today? Well, I just wanted to say, um, thank you for having me. And if, you know, when I would listen to podcasts, you know, you'd resonate more with certain people and, you mm -hmm. know, something how they said or, you know, their situation. It's like, you know, if, if anything I said helps one person, you know, I'm just, that makes me so happy to think about. Yeah. Um, and, and thanks to you for to trusting and start starting this because of all the people you'll be helping. And, um, well, I, I was, I was in a bad place. Like I was in a, I was bad. It was bad. And, and two years later, you know, and every day is, is it, you know, you still have to be mindful of it, but it gets easier with time. It really does. Yeah. It, you just it have to start and oh. trusting God that that's what he, he, he sees for you. Yeah. No, that's all so true. And if, if it helps, you know, our stories are hard, but they stay hard if we don't do something with them and, you know, just share what, what can happen. And in that too, if something that, um, you know, to our listeners, if something that Kelly has said, you know, resonates or you would like to um, reach out to her and talk to her more. So um, on Tuesdays, I always put this um, audio into the community section on the She Surrenders um, website. There's community and then um, there's a place for discussion if you click on community. And then I will put like, you know, um, your audio clip with Kelly and people can comment and ask questions or, you know, just say this resonated with me. And I encourage people to do that because um, community is everything in this, you know, finding, finding other people that are, you know, in the same spot you were in or where you are now, it doesn't matter because there's one, there's a common thread that we all share, no matter what your recovery is from, whether it's, you know, um, a substance or it's a relationship or it's an abuse, trauma, you name it, the common thread that we all need to have and keep supporting each other in is, you know, God can do all things and he can, he can do great things. So, um, I encourage, um, anybody to go there that, you know, wants to, you know, reach out to Kelly and Thanks for listening. I invite you to shesurrenders.com where you will find your community for faith-based recovery. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe. Thanks again, and we'll see you back here soon.